Scott. Yes, Adam. Isn't Goomba a racist term for an Italian person? Not if they've appropriated it for themselves. Okay. And that thing I just stepped on, what was that? <laughs> that was some sort of terrifying mushroom monster. Okay. Coming to you almost live from Bowser's Castle, World 8. This is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. We are your 8-bit hosts. It's so wonderful to be this configuration, <laughs> pixel-wise. Uh, I feel a lot simpler. Like, there's a lot of frame rate that I'm just not running right now. It's just way less complicated. That's right. I wish I could live my entire life this way. Feeling old school. Today. Very, very old school. And speaking of old school, our... Third ever guest mm-hmm. is coming back to join us a little later on in this episode. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking with Raman Ostad about Extra Life. Uh, he is one of the local Extra Life guys for uh, for Yeg Extra Life, mm-hmm. which is the the kind of the big local campaign. I think so. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there are other smaller teams. I'm part of a, another local small team, but uh, that's kind of the the big team. And when, We'll let him discuss it when he gets here. Yeah, we'll find out more all about Extra Life later on in the show. Let's not talk about all the stuff he's going to talk about before he gets here. (laughs) That would be the worst show. That would be kind of a dick move. Now, we're back after a long absence because we we had a short season last season. We did. We had intended to go long, and then life smacked us in the face during the summer, and we could not uh, sit down in the studio and record for... Ever. Sometime. It was yes, yeah. for, for uh, sooner than we intended and for longer than we intended. But here we are. Here we are. And I know that you missed us, but we're back. So stop. Just fucking relax. Just calm. Would you just please relax? I'm very excited to be back in the studio with you, Scott. As am I. It's been an interesting. I'm also happy to be back in the studio with myself. <laughs> Uh, my presence here, you're kind of just nonplussed about. As... Uh, well, I expected you to be here. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm really impressed that I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed that we made it back, but here we are. We're going to have another full season, and and uh, we'll tell you a little bit about that later on. We have grand plans as usual. We'll see if they actually come to fruition <laughs> this year. <laughs> but um, But we're excited to be back. And in fact, for the month of October, we've got a new sponsor. That's right. And you'll uh, be hearing their jingle later on. Yeah, so we'll, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. But um, you, you had kind of an interesting summer. And you had a kind of an interesting summer. It was fine. But I want to talk about, I want to talk about awards because uh, the Unknown Studio failed to win one yet again. <laughs> that is correct. Um, we, uh, as I put it frequently to people, the Unknown Studio is always a lovely bridesmaid, but never a bride. Uh, View Weekly, as usual out their best of Edmonton and as usual best local podcast is on the list and as usual the unknown studio is the first runner-up hey man we're not the second runner-up that's correct we we are perennial runners-up in the beauty pageant that is best of Edmonton it is actually the only kind of running that we do pretty much because we're very lazy so lazy and not in the best of shape the first people to die in a bear attack because running pretty much but yeah so we were first runners up again in the best podcast category cut yeah let's try that again we were (laughs) 
We were runners-up in the pod, best podcast category of View Weekly's Best of Edmonton. And number one again this year was The Movie Jerks. That's right. I don't and know how they do it. I think it has something to do with the fact that they're jerks. And that they talk about movies. Probably. If we talked about movies, would we be number one? I don't want, care to find out. Fair enough. I, I don't think anyone And we wants do to talk about movies on occasion. Yeah. Like Oscar season, we always do a movie episode. Probably. We'll probably do another one this year. Yeah, we will. We will. Now, so we failed to win that award, but Scott, you you were gifted with an award. Can we talk about this? Because I'm, yes. I'm very excited about it, and I know you are too. Well, I haven't spoken about it much on this podcast, but I do another podcast. <gasps> and uh, I, I don't know if our listeners know who Paul F. Tompkins is. He is a comedian, very funny man, and he is prolific in his podcastery. Um, he is on every podcast. I'm surprised he hasn't been on our podcast. It's it's really strange. He's been on basically every other podcast. In, in fairness, we haven't asked him to be on the show. And I would like to be the local Paul F. Tompkins. I've gone on record saying that if I could be on every podcast that Edmonton churns out, that would be like a, a minor life goal. That's on my bucket list. And you're sort of on your way to that, right? That is correct. And um, so I do a second podcast, which I actually just kind of bring it back to where we were starting at, uh, which is my podcast. It is a super nerdy niche podcast uh, for gaming. And uh, I threw it into the mix for the Any Awards this year, which is the um, the EN World Gaming Awards. Uh, it is by EN World Magazine, which used to be a magazine that just talked about Dungeons & Dragons, now just kind of talks about RPGs. And for the past 14 years they've partnered up with uh with gen con which is the the big uh north american tabletop gaming convention right and uh given out awards uh the any awards for the best in gaming they give out a gold award and a silver award so a first and a second place in a wide variety of categories and one of their categories is best gaming related podcast and i won silver so Technically, I won the first runner-up, but but still, I mean, that's and you you got some hardware, didn't you? Yes, I, I with got this? a plaque and a medal, See, a silver medal. On that first runner-up thing in View Weekly, we don't get shit. That's correct. We get a page and a newspaper. Uh, but uh, not too bad for a podcast that was eight months old at the time. Yeah, and and it's it's pretty popular by podcast standards for something. That is niche. I think you should be very proud. I am very proud. I'm very proud of my award. I'm not the only person who won an award while we were away. Right. Who else? Won you an won an award oh. while we were away. Oh, okay. Sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I did. I, I, um, the, the Faculty of Arts submitted my name at the University of Alberta for what's called an Alumni Horizon Award. And, uh, and I had a couple of, um, friends slash colleagues write letters of support for it. And I was awarded the alum, or I was one of the recipients of the Alumni Horizon Award uh, last month at a lovely ceremony during the university's alumni week. So that was pretty cool. It's neat to be recognized by the yeah. university. The fucked up thing is sitting on that stage, because they, they let the Horizon people go first, because they're, they, the Horizon Award is for people who've done great things in their community and they're young, basically. Yeah. So they've been out of university for up to 10 or 15 years or something like that. So very cool to get the award. Alongside a, a friend from Rapid Fire Theater, Amy Shostak, who has been on the show before. She has. Yeah, she was talking about Make Something Edmonton at that time. 
And so you get your award. Then you sit down and like 35 other people go up and they're all far more impressive because they've been lawyers and judges and, and politicians. Um, it, was, it was really cool to be part of that group. But, um, you know, you sit on a stage for two hours facing the audience. So it's not like you can, you know, start texting or anything. So it was kind of an interesting little, uh, little ceremony, but very cool. Very cool. And then I won another award. You did? Uh, Do for, I not know about for this? My other, for my other podcast. You, you won another award for the second award? Yes. Okay, tell us about this. Okay. Because I, so, I didn't know about this. Uh, the RPG Podcasters, uh, which is an online community sure. of RPG and gaming-related podcasters, uh, did kind of uh, an internal community awards. And uh, I won Best New Podcast. Holy so shit, dude. That's amazing. So technically, I won two awards for my podcast. And the Unknown Studios won a grand total of zero. And we can't even win a Yegi because I'm on the organizing That committee. is correct. That is to my eternal but shame. even though the Unknown Studio is not an award-winning podcast, we are your award-winning hosts. That is true. There you go. That is true. We are... I guess we focus on ourselves too much. <laughs> now, out of curiosity... Um, you told us that, that it's a gaming-based podcast. Tell us a little bit more, because I know about it, but I think some of our listeners might be interested well, as well. That's fair. I'm sure there are some nerds listening to our podcast. I would hope so. Me too. Uh, it is called Numenera the Signal. Um, it is for the role-playing game Numenera by Monty Cook Games. Um, Monty is uh, a friend. I would say that he's a friend. Um, who's come out to Edmonton a few times uh, to speak and run games at PureSpec. And at the time, I was uh, the gaming coordinator for PureSpec. Right. So we hung out quite a bit. And um, he eventually set out to make his own role-playing game um, with his own kind of publication company. Because uh, he'd, he'd done a lot of stuff before. He developed a little game uh, called Dungeons & Dragons 3rd Edition. I don't know if anybody heard about it. But that was for another company. And... Um, so he decided to make his own uh, called Numenera, far future pseudo fantasy role playing game. Uh, he did a Kickstarter for it that was wildly successful cool. and uh, was able to get it off the ground and do a print run on it. And uh, I was interested in it and I wanted to do something for it. And it was an uh, interesting prospect to kind of get in on the ground floor of uh, a new IP, basically and do something kind of different. So I decided to do a um, a podcast that is kind of an in-universe drama. Like a fictionalization of this RPG. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a mysterious podcast from somewhere in this science fiction world to people who have the capacity to listen to it, and it gives them cryptic hints and spooky atmosphere and what have you. And Monty Cook was like, this is fantastic. I'm kind of putting words in his mouth. Um, <laughs> but he was really, really pleased with it and uh, thought it was quite neat. And he and, and uh, his partner, Shanna, uh, have been 100% supportive of it. Cool. And it's 20-some episodes old at this point. And they're all really, really short because they're meant to be easily digestible by players and, and GMs for this game. And uh, yeah, it's quite unique, which surprises me, actually, because... My experience through life has been if I've had a good idea, someone else had it before me and did it much better than I ever could. Hmm. But this is a rare instance where I came up with an idea. And I'm not just saying specifically for Numenera, but as for a gaming podcast uh, that no one else seems to have done. It's very 
different. And I'm quite surprised no one has thought to do something similar to it. So, yeah. It's cool because it's it's almost, it's sort of on the border of being a piece of transmedia. And, and transmedia, for those of you who don't know, is basically just storytelling across different different mediums. So in this case, a board game and a podcast. I mean, you think about like books and television and film, it, it can sort of transcend all those things. It's really cool that you're doing this. Yeah. And it's also really cool that the guy who created the game thinks it's really cool. Not only did he think it's really cool, he accepted the award on my behalf at Gen Con because I was unable to attend the award ceremony. Which is in itself unassailably cool. <laughs> kind of. That's yeah. awesome. That's so rad. Well, Great work, man. Two awards, one podcast. I feel like a disgusting porn video could come out of that. I actually actually was just, uh, I just appeared on a different gaming podcast to talk about The Signal a few weeks ago and totally name dropped the Unknown Studio as though someone listening to that (laughs) podcast would be like, oh, an Edmonton-based talk show, you say? Yeah, we... Well, I hear in Duluth, (laughs) I'm super interested in that. We've really limited our audience. (laughs) here but this is a fascinating well, time we've we've limited our audience to the what eight hundred thousand plus residents of the city yeah of and metro edmonton an amount that grew by sixty thousand people over two years this we are the fastest growing city in canada yeah it's pretty astonishing actually and uh and and there's a lot of exciting things happening not just in the downtown core which is where you know, people tend to focus and where there is a lot of activity, but even in other parts of the city. I was chatting with um, DJ Thomas Culture the other day. Uh, he's a, he is basically Edmonton's DJ laureate, I think. <laughs> if that were such a, if there was such a thing, that's what Thomas would, would be doing. But he's got a couple of friends who are, who are building um, kind of a bar pub thing where the old overtime was by the White Mud Freeway and gateway or sorry calgary trail so it's it's near the library in that where we where we have been before the white mud library and um you know so they're trying to do some interesting sort of gastro pub stuff that isn't in the downtown core and to me that's one of the signs of something very cool happening to the city of Edmonton. It's not yeah. growth being focused in one place. Although we do need some growth focused in our downtown. We do, and, and we, and we have is. that. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the, uh, They've started to build the arena. I know that there are a lot of people who still have misgivings, but on the other hand, two office towers have been announced that are going up right next to it, and that's, that's huge. That's yeah. huge news for Edmonton. And one of those towers is for city of Edmonton employees. And one the, of them is a Delta Hotel. Yeah, and oh. it's the first major hotel uh, to go up in Edmonton in something like thirty years. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, and actually, there's a third building uh, that Stantec's going to build. It's going to be sixty-two or sixty-one stories, and it'll house their entire uh, Edmonton operations. As far who as knew that when you removed flight paths from over our downtown, you could build a giant skyscraper? Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, the closing of the city center airport, which was also a big issue a couple of elections ago has meant that these these buildings could go up. And in fact, that space, which is going to be called the Blatchford neighborhood, eventually will be built to house 30,000 people. There you go. And if we keep growing at a rate that we're growing... We're going to need that space. We are absolutely going to need that space. That's right. We can't continue to sprawl outward. No, even though we, we do. We can and we do, but... We shouldn't. We, especially considering we're not yet quite a transit-oriented city. Not we're, even. we're working on it. We're getting there. We're getting there. 
And actually, on that note... It, co- it costs a lot of money to fill up on gas nowadays, and it takes a lot of gas to go from the south side to visit family up in St. Albert. Absolutely. So on the note of transit-oriented development, the city's actually doing, I think, some kind of consultation for the valley line of the LRT, which, for those of you who don't know, is the the train that runs underneath downtown Edmonton and will run over ground into other parts of the city. And the Valley Line will actually connect uh, very close to where you guys are living right now. And it will eventually, in theory, go as far north as St. Albert. Which would be very The cool. city is actually trying to get the uh, city of St. Albert to pitch in and extend the LRT basically from the, uh, the municipal limit to a transit center in St. Albert, Which allowing be, the LRT to, to go back and forth. It would be amazing. That would be amazing. It would be, and there's a lot of people who commute from St. Albert. I think that would be really good for their community. They would, they would not have to spend money on parking. Now, the, of course, the problem could be the speed of those trains, but we'll let someone work out those logistics. We need to build a bullet train. That would be amazing. A, a bullet Japanese train bullet train St. Albert. from St. Albert to the south side. You're there five minutes. There's no way. Hey, there's no way a train going 200 miles per hour through the middle of the city is a bad idea. It, yeah, it actually only stops 80 percent of the time where it's supposed to. Another really exciting thing that happened actually just last week at the time that we're recording this was the opening of a third coffee shop by local entrepreneur Nate Box, who has been on the show. Who has been on the show, and we will have him back this year because he's doing great things. Um, but he opened a coffee shop in Central Station, which is an LRT station downtown. And so you get off you get off the train, come up one side of the platform, and there's coffee staring you in the face. And not just coffee, but like they serve like lunches and soup sandwiches, that sort of stuff. And I apparently soon, I don't know if this is still in the cards, but I remember him talking to me about them doing takeaway dinners for for two. Huh. So you're you're on your way down to the train to get home, grab a dinner for two. Shove it in the oven when you get home and you're ready. That's a tremendous idea. It's a very cool idea. That is a very cool idea. And So go check it out. Go check out Burrow in Central Station. There are a lot of people in this city who are really smart and passionate and doing some amazing things. And I know we talk about it quite a bit. That's kind of the cornerstone of our show. (laughs) Yeah. Keep doing those things or we'll have to end this. But, uh, you know, it, it bears repeating here at the beginning of our fifth sixth se- i've lost count. it's our sixth our season, sixth man. season um that uh edmonton even six years ago when we started we were both like oh, who are we even going to talk <laughs> it's you true. were ready to move to vancouver we were just like eh, edmonton bleh. and now six years later we are super excited to live here yeah. and we think that it is a super exciting time to live here and i think that that you know there's evidence of that, not just from the people who live here currently, but from the people who come to live here because opportunity. And there are tons of opportunities here right now. <laughs> They're called people, Scott. Not opportunities. It's, it's the land of milk and honey. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant. What That used to be the, uh, the slogan for somewhere in Alberta, I want to say. Um, I don't know, but there's also a, uh, a place in Alberta that is the home of rape. Which is actually a rapeseed is a canola. Oil yeah, seed. but that's an unfortunate name. We don't really call it that anymore because no, you know pressing awkward. charges and such. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's going to be really great uh, over the next five to ten to twenty years to see how this city takes shape and whether or not it can beat out whoever the fifth large or the fourth largest city is in Canada. Because I believe we're the fifth largest city in Canada. Sure. 
Yeah, I don't know. But that doesn't mean that we're without our problems. And some of those problems manifest themselves in interesting ways, including most recently uh, the creation of a petition to get rid of photo radar, which was which has gotten over 21,000 signatures or something like People that. People don't like photo radar. No. And the mayor got really pissed off about this. You, you want to say something about well, it? Well, I was going to say that uh, one of the best arguments I heard in favor of photo radar is it would— it, and this is me paraphrasing, it wouldn't be a cash grab for the police if you weren't speeding. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, and, and so there's the, that you've got these two camps. On the one hand, there's the people who don't give a shit one way or the other, who just say, if you don't want a photo radar ticket, don't speed. And there's other people who, who you can either just assume they're idiots, which isn't totally fair. No. Or you can read between the lines of what they're saying, which is that they want photo radar to operate fairly. So, so what that means to some people anyway is don't hide the photo radar van. Yeah, be upfront about it. Yeah, and and you know the the city of St. Albert actually announces where the photo radar vehicle is going to be every morning, and and some people are arguing that's something the city should do, and I think it's certainly something that should be looked into if that many citizens are pissed about it. That's perhaps something to consider. There you go, photo radar. We just nearly solved it. Yeah, or just said what needs to happen next. Pretty much. How do you feel about photo radar? Uh, I give or take. I I've gotten my fair share of photo radar tickets. I'll I'll admit it, but uh, in my time, uh, not frequently and not recently, but they they do happen. Yeah, yeah. Same here. And when they do, I go shit. I got a photo radar ticket, and then I pay it. I don't yeah. really get too upset that it's there because I was speeding. Sure. Yeah. But I'm not going to argue with the traffic engineer about what I think the speed limit should be because I don't give a shit. So let someone else worry about that. There you go. So we have solved photo radar. <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> what else is going on in the world? A provincial by-election is happening. Yes, next month the uh, riding of Yellowhead will have its uh, MP replaced. Oh, so that's the that's the federal one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's also four provincial by-elections happening in Calgary and Edmonton. Um, for provincial. Yeah, that's seats. right. Yes, because, of course, with the new premier, there's been a shakeup of cabinet. Some people come and go, and some seats are up for grabs. I was for the federal one was top of mind because it was just announced. Just announced the other day, yeah. So there's a lot of political stuff happening. And, in fact, um, I think in 16 months there will be a provincial election, and some people are predicting that next fall – October or so, 2015, there will be a federal election. Yo, that's the scuttlebutt. Yeah, but I don't know. I have no idea. I think it was announced, actually. The prime minister might have announced or might have set the date because one of Harper's things is that he wants fixed election dates. Right. So I'm pretty sure that he was just like, next October, it's happening. Okay. Which means whoever wins the federal by-election coming up will be in office less than a year. Yeah, and actually... Well, unless, obviously, they win re-election but they will they will need to be campaigning right away yeah which is kind of a pain a little bit i would and you don't really have an opportunity to establish yourself so by elections are really interesting because they're sort of an opportunity for the electorate to either give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down kind of without any risk the the big risk i think at the provincial level for these by elections is that three of the people uh who are running are you know well one of them is the premier and if he doesn't win, well, that's kind of messed up. A little bit. And the other is Stephen Mandel, who is the uh, Minister of Health. And the other one is the Education Minister. Gordon Dirks. That's correct. Yeah. So so if if even one of those guys or the fourth person um, 
who I don't remember who that is. But isn't a isn't a sitting minister. No, I think no. that's just someone vacating a seat. Um, what, if one of those guys loses, that sends a really strong message to the progressive conservative party. And do you keep a person as a minister on your cabinet if they're an unelected official? I don't. That f- is, the optics of that are pretty bad. Yeah, I feel like Albertans would be a little bit annoyed by that. Yep. Uh, there were a lot of people who were annoyed that they were appointed the positions without being sitting ministers. Yeah. Um, it is pretty unusual, but it's not unheard of in Canadian politics. No, certainly not. But it is unusual. And yeah. it, it would look bad if, if Dirks or Mandel especially didn't get elected and then maintained their position. Oh, God. Yeah, that would be that would be a defiance that would be of a, the electorate. That would be a PR nightmare. Yeah. Trying to pass that off. It would be awkward if the premier <laughs> didn't get elected, but then presumably an MP would step down. But But if an MP steps down, he still has to run, right? Yeah. So but he, he just keeps running until he wins somewhere. Oh, man. Man, that'd be tough. They'd just have to find a really friendly riding. Basically. And, and there's going to be a friendly riding somewhere in Alberta. And certainly in the city of Calgary. Yep. Although the uh, political scuttlebutt does say that we, as cities, uh, first of all, we tend to vote small L liberal. Like we tend to lean a little bit left in the cities. Um, and I've heard that the NDP is polling rather well in both Edmonton and Calgary. I have heard that as well. And the, the messed up thing isn't the Edmonton uh, NDP situation. It's the Calgary one. Calgarians don't typically vote NDP. Uh, well, Calgary is, and I know that we have our problems with Calgary. We are the, we are the squabbling siblings of Alberta. I love Calgary. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a love-hate relationship. We love Calgary, but we hate Calgary. We just and hate Calgary hates Edmonton, but they love Edmonton. It's true. Um, but uh, they're in a kind of a similar boat where the, the um, burgeoning younger demographic in the city uh, tends to lean more, as you say, small L liberal. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the demographics in the city are starting to shift. There aren't as many oil millionaires living in Calgary who are going to vote conservative. Yeah. Um, Probably still more there per capita than anywhere else in North America. Very likely. But uh, so uh, that's what's causing the, uh, the kind of political shift, both in Edmonton and in Calgary. Um, I would imagine that might also be happening a little bit in some of the smaller, but Larger, smaller municipalities. Places like Grand Prairie and Fort McMurray. Yeah. yeah. But uh, especially rural Alberta remains pretty pretty solidly blue, shall we say. Yeah. And, and you know, you're pro- what you're probably going to see is the PCs do okay in northern Alberta and the Wild Rose do overwhelmingly well in, in rural southern Alberta. Uh, that just seems to be the way the leaves are blowing off the trees. I think, I think Alberta is more likely to go uh, more left on the political spectrum in federal politics, but will remain fairly right of the political spectrum in provincial politics. That just, that's the sense I get. And that's based off of just observing politics for several years now. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right about that. Um, I don't know that the federal conservatives have done extremely well by Western uh, Canada. And I actually think... Which is odd because they're generally labeled as the, the Western Canada party. Shoe-ins for the... By, by the rest of Canada, basically. Yeah. yeah, and much to Ontario's dismay. But I think the way that they treated the temporary foreign workers program um, really hurt a lot, or, you know, whether it did or, or didn't, a lot of Alberta business owners felt pretty upset about that and still do uh, because last week, uh, Jason Kenney, the minister in charge of that program, said basically suck it up 
and pay people more, which is ridiculous because he's saying you should just hire Canadians. Canadians don't want to do those jobs. If Canadians wanted to do those jobs, they'd be hired to do those jobs. Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think simply paying someone more for some of those jobs is going to make them want to do it. Agreed. So I don't particularly want to clean toilets, even if the pay is really, really good and the benefits are fantastic, because it's not work I want to do. It would have to be a lot. I, I think I'd clean toilets for... For like like six figures and benefits. <laughs> could you imagine? Maybe. I could imagine that. I would like to do that. I am Well, and there are some uh, jobs that would be considered distasteful that actually do pay fairly well if you look into it. Garbage collectors, waste collectors. Yeah, that's for true. For example, make yeah. excellent money. Um, there's a funny story from my past. When I was a little kid, I thought garbage trucks were awesome. They, are, they, they still are. They actually. look awesome. And uh, much like how kids are like, I want to be a fire engine when I grow up. <laughs> I didn't say I wanted to be a garbage truck. But the, uh, my, when I was really young, my parents would ask me what I wanted to be. And I would be like, I want to be a garbage man because then I'd get to drive the big garbage truck. And they were like, that's actually a very prudent choice for a young child to make because yeah. they, make, they make good money. They have excellent benefits. Absolutely. Yes, you be a garbage man. <laughs> and you'd be working at a state-of-the-art facility. Well, uh, I would be now. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, maybe not so much, but... Uh, really, at the end of the day, it's a missed opportunity on my behalf. I should have pursued that. Be making much better money than I'm making right now. <laughs> Scott C. Bourgeois, garbage truck. It works. I agree. I can see it working somehow. Um, one last thing I will mention was that the Edmonton Expo happened a few weeks ago. Yep. They did overwhelmingly well. They had 47,000 people walk through the doors of the expo center, uh, the um, the local expo organizers uh, work with the Calgary organizers. That's yep. how they they were able to kind of get it off um, the ground, I want to say, and and expand it into a proper expo. Yeah, and uh, the Calgary people are surprised at how quickly the Edmonton Expo is growing exponentially faster than theirs was. The the expo is growing exponentially. That was unintentional, but true. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, we are as big now and three years in as Calgary was at about six years. That's so right. Calgary's coming up on 10 at this point, but if we continue to see the same growth in Edmonton, we might be bigger than them in a few years. And that would mean getting, uh, bigger and better media guests. Not and to say that the ones this year weren't good because they were. Kind of tangentially related, um, at the time that we're recording this in, in the coming weeks, uh, Northlands is going to start polling people around the city to find out what should be done with Rexall Place when Rogers Place opens. And uh, one of the things that they've considered is renovating it to attract larger events like the Expo oh, okay. to Northlands by basically making it uh, an adjoining... Another hall. Hall, essentially. Okay. A very large stadium-sized hall, but a, a giant hall nonetheless. And so that is... That could perhaps feed into that. That's very interesting, yeah. It was, it was a fun event this year. I'm glad I went. Uh, I don't tend to do very well in those kinds of crowds. But you also volunteered this year. That's true. How was your volunteer experience? It was cool. I, I, got to, I was a media guest services person. So I got, I got one, of the, uh, one of the actors who was present. I was assigned to them for the whole weekend, and I just basically shepherded them around. And when they were signing autographs, uh, take money and, and that sort of thing. And so I had J. August Richards, who is gun on Angel. And uh, was Deathlock on the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And in fact, one of the questions that he kept getting from fans was, 
are you going to, is Deathlock going to be in season two? And he had to say, I can't tell you. I had to sign an NDA that says I can't tell you. But, um, you know, he's been a guest star in a number of other shows, not just, oh, yeah. not just like fantasy science fiction, uh, but some, some other shows and, and got, you know, it was great to hang out with him. He's a really nice guy. His agent was really cool. Um, she was very lovely. And I also got to meet, uh, Raphael Sparge who is Jiminy Cricket on Once Upon a Time and also does a voice on Mass Effect. He's, I would argue he's probably a more prolific voice actor. Yeah, yeah, um, you're right But he's that. done a lot of character stuff as well. I would, I would, eh, I don't know his acting resume quite well enough to make the bold statement I'm about to, but I'm going to make it anyway. Jiminy Cricket on Once Upon a Time is probably the biggest thing that he's done. Yeah, I think, and that show's gotten pretty popular. Yeah, um, over the last few seasons, so so it was fun. It was really cool. I'm going to do it again next year. Um, I got to meet Alice Cooper and uh, Moss Mickelson and uh, Dwight Schultz, who plays Lieutenant Barkley in Star Trek: The Next Generation. He was really nice. Um, yeah, it was really fun. I'll do it again for sure. There well, well organized event. And did you get to take in any of the, the panels or do any shopping or, or were you mostly just working the autograph table all the time? I, I was mostly at the autograph table, sort of walking between that table and then the photo op place whenever, uh, because uh, another person who was there was Amy Acker, who's also an angel. And so quite often she and Jay had photos together. So I just kind of stood there and like when he was done, I'm like, hey, now follow me. We're, we're going over here. And how you doing? Do you need some water? You know, it was fine. It's, it's, it was pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. So there's your Edmonton Expo experience. I was invited to speak at the Expo. You were on, you spoke at one panel and you moderated another one. Essentially spoke on two. Okay. Um, Dave Gross, a local author uh, slash RPG guy, mm-hmm. um, pitched some panels to the Expo and they uh, they agreed to put some of them in the program and they were all kind of gaming and writing related. And he invited uh, myself um, Andrew Foley, who's been on the show, uh, who, he, he did Cowboys and Aliens. Yep. Yeah. And, um, Amber Scott, another local author slash game person. Cool. Uh, to speak on panels. And I was like, yeah, apparently when you win one prestigious gaming award, you suddenly become a local expert on games. It's like your golden ticket, man. There you go. And, uh, so I took the opportunity because it also meant that I was able to attend the expo on a guest pass, which was uh, quite nice. I've never been to the expo until this year. And it can be quite pricey. Indeed. And, uh, actually had, uh, had quite an enjoyable time. Um, not just, uh, at my panels, but also wandering around looking at the cosplayers, always, always fun, um, taking in the, uh, the vendor's room, tons of stuff, uh, tons of art and, uh, running into people that I know, uh, a lot of locals who we've interacted with on the show and, and who I just know outside of my personal life, Yeah, uh, just showing up and being around or, or selling stuff in the vendor's hall or speaking on other panels or cosplaying or what have you. Always a good time. It was a great time. Expo love. <laughs> 
Starting October 15th, it's Waterloo Ford's Quick Lane Tire Sale. Up to 40% off all major brands of tires. Don't wait until the first snowfall to get new winter tires. All makes and models of vehicle welcome. And don't worry about your other tires taking up space on your balcony because we offer affordable, safe, secure tire storage. Visit Waterloo Ford at 107th Avenue, 114th Street. Get the jump on the season and book online at edmontonquicklane.ca or call 780-800-7599. If you missed the address, number, or website, you can rewind this commercial. We should take a moment to uh, to thank some people in our lives who are very special to us. Which is to say that they give us money to that's, speak about. That's correct, yeah. But, I mean, I consider that special. I consider that a very special relationship. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> kick them out of bed. And, <laughs> and by them, I mean Waterloo Ford. That is correct. Uh, it would be difficult to kick a Ford truck out of your bed. An entire car dealership. Just Indeed. Just doesn't really work. Yeah. I actually... Uh, um, so they're sponsoring us for the month of October, and we're really grateful to have their support. And we'd love to have them back in yeah, the future. But sure. uh, if nothing else, this month is Waterloo Ford Month yeah, on the Unknown That's Street. right, yeah. And in fact, you know, I had the pleasure of driving a Ford Escape last winter that was loaned to me by, by Ford. And uh, it was a really pleasant drive. The Ford of, of yesteryear no longer exists. This Although is, they also exist. They do. Yeah. But, you but, can still get a giant pickup truck. But these vehicles <laughs> now, you know, they're, they're, they're state-of-the-art, and Ford is doing great things, particularly around, uh, around green construction, fuel consumption, and all that stuff. So Waterloo Ford, you're definitely going to want to check them out at their website. Adam is stalling because he's looking for their website. Which is just waterlooford.com. There you go. And they are having a, a tire sale mm-hmm. for the month of October so that you can go get some winter tires. So yeah. you should take advantage of that. Tell them the Unknown Studio sent you. They will not give you a special deal for that, but they will know that you heard about it from us. They call that demonstrated value. Exactly. So waterlooford.com. I'm very excited to welcome two former guests back to the show. Yes. Two guests that we had in our first season. Yes. Now, in our third ever episode. It's crazy. It was about video games. We were talking about our video games art. And I think at this point we can just say yes. Video games are art. Yeah, we don't need we, to argue that, about it. That has been solved. Fuck it. But we have uh, my wife, Anita. Hello. Who at the time was my... Fiance. Might have been actually just my girlfriend no, at the time. Actually, actually yeah. I think I was just your girlfriend back then. There you go. And... Uh, upgraded. Yeah. Your hierarchy. Not, not just. Blech. Not just. And friend of the show. Aw, I have friends. <laughs> this is news to you. <laughs> Ram and Austin. I always like to remind myself in front of a mirror. Yeah. Hi. Hi. It's been a long time. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and you're actually one of the organizers of Edmonton's Extra Life thing. Yes, that's what we call it. It's our official title. So, uh, Extra <laughs> Life Edmonton. Okay. Um, we are the Edmonton chapter of the Extra Life uh, charity that is interna- international charity that most respectable gamers have heard about at this point, I would imagine. 
I think so. And now what I'm going to If ask you are a you, gamer and you have not heard about it, don't respect yourself. You are not respectable. That is what we've just learned. So why don't you give us the, the quick elevator pitch? What is Extra Life uh, Edmonton? Sure. I've practiced this so much at this point, I'll go into robot mode. Um, <laughs> so Extra Life Edmonton is a Extra Life itself is a 24-hour gaming marathon charity that donates all of its money to local uh, children's hospitals. Whereas Child's Play will take that money and donate. They'll still donate to, to hospitals, but in more of a practical utilitarian sense of like, here's some gaming consoles direct uh, intention oh. to yeah i think that's what they're that's a Child, big part of child's play is about supplying games to children yes thank you for articulating um and extra life actually just donates that money to those uh, hospitals or their hospital foundations okay very uh, cool children's miracle network yes specifically. Yes. Uh, which the the stollery here in edmonton is a part of and right. if you uh if you sign up for extra life you can in fact Either say uh, all the money that I'm raising is going to the Children's Miracle Network, or you can specify which, which specific hospital. hospital you want to support. Oh, okay. So, so you could support the Stollery locally if you wanted to. Yeah, and we have we have people who support the Stollery uh, from different parts of the province, and people who donate to different uh, hospitals in different provinces from Edmonton. Okay, so I mean, in fact, the Stollery serves most of northern Alberta. And oh the yeah, territory. I mean, it's 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 literally the biggest Ketchum hospital in Western Canada. Okay, so so we're, we're going to talk about how the three of you are all playing Extra Life this year, but what I want to know is how you became involved with it. Um, well, it's not exactly a short story, but... Uh, That's okay, when, we've got lots of time. Yeah, we've got lots of time. No, so in a few years ago, I think when you guys just started, um, we were, I think, in a year into... Um, the podcast that I used to be into, which is called uh, User Created Content, was you, called. You were the pioneers of podcasting. Well, and everything. I, I don't know if that's true. Well, we I'm were, saying it is. I think. I, well, we were in that group. I would say. I think so. We yeah. all, me and you, and uh, Jeff Sampson at the time. I yep. think they were doing one too for Edmontonian, right? Or they were at least doing the Edmontonian. They were doing the Edmontonian at the time. Yeah. I feel like we were kind of in this small cabal of people starting this stuff. <laughs> The League of Extraordinary Very, Media. Yes, Brittany, we were indeed. Brittany LeBlanc reminded me of that the other day, actually. And I was like, wow, that was a thing. I completely <laughs> was, forgot about that. No, it was very nearly a thing. thing. Yes, <laughs> fair, yes. There were meetings. There that were is, meetings. Yeah. There was intention. We were writing stuff about what <laughs> we were was, doing. I seem to recall there being a very important napkin. There was, oh, yeah. The restaurant yes. that That's had always, like mandates written on sign. it, rules. And... We were going to do things, and we failed to do them. Well, no, the League failed to do them. We still did some amazing things. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Back down memory lane. So um, I was in a podcast called User Created Content. Me and uh, Matthew Dykstra, who is uh, an illustrious now Sun reporter. Who, yeah. Uh, man, huge. I'm so proud of him. He's like guy. the provincial beat reporter now. Yeah, like the provincial beat reporter. It's insane. So uh, me and him were in a podcast called User Created Content where we talked about video games. And at the, near the end of that run, uh, Extra Life started becoming a real thing, and we had heard about it, and we really wanted to become involved in a way that wasn't just sort of the six of us or four of us, you know, however many of us, in <laughs> a basement. It's been, it's been a long time. The numbers have changed. <laughs> yeah, it has. Or had it's changed. gone in and out. Um, but all, we didn't want to just be us in a basement. We wanted to, to make, sort of make something out of it. We had gotten some friends in the game industry through Game Camp, and uh, Startup Edmonton has always been a huge supporter of us. And so... Uh, we wanted to leverage that and make it into something. And so um, when the podcast ended, Matt and I um, decided to sort of take that on ourselves. And we had a lot of great ideas. This was in 2012. And we had a lot of great ideas and some silent auction items that were really great and local and from Bioware to uh, a little bit under the table supporting us at the time. Um, and so, but we didn't really know what to do with any of that. We're writers. We, don't, we didn't have the sort of marketing or business sense. 
we went to PAX that year uh, with a friend of ours, uh, my friend Kyle, and he had some friends that were there separately without us, and we all were going to dinner together. And me and Matt were sort of like, oh, who are these people going to be? What is this going to be like? Like anxious, socially awkward nerds. And <laughs> I went to the bathroom, and I came back, and Matt was sitting with Chris, uh, Christopher Smith and Eddie Gotts, who are the other two members of, of uh, Extra Life Edmonton with me and Matt. And we sort of sat together and started talking about games and packs and what their backgrounds were, and uh, they were marketing and business majors, respectively. And we started talking about Extra Life and telling them what we were doing, and they had some really great ideas, and the four of us just sort of clicked immediately. Cool. And it just sort of, it was, happened so organically, and, and, you know, I'm not like a fatalistic guy, but it was almost meant to happen in a way because we all work so well together. Um, and so that really started what Extra Life Edmonton became and has become. Um, and that's kind of the shortest version of that story I can tell, really. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And so you, you said 2012. You've been doing this since then? Mm-hmm. That's wicked. Yeah, so. it's, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of years, actually. Like, the growth of it exp- is almost exponential. It's insane. And now you mentioned before we started recording that you're doing it in a venue that's not Startup Edmonton. No. So uh, the last couple of years that we've been doing it at Startup Edmonton, they have been very gracious hosts. They have let us be inside of their building in every way possible. Cool. Um, that sounded that did. Scott is right to laugh at you. That, yes, that's disgusting. Yes, I am a disgusting creature. <laughs> I don't know how I'm in a children's shirt. Uh, really, you tell people that, and it's like them hearing I have a tattoo. It's like the least believable thing you could possibly. Wait, imagine. you have a tattoo? You know this. I don't believe it. I, d- I knew that. You, you saw it. Um, I showed this it. This wasn't you. an audio podcast. I demand to see it. Yes. <laughs> well, you can see it later. What were we talking about? Yeah, no. Tattoos? See, what you can't oh. see is we're talking about hulking out his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> there are things happening that you, the listener, <laughs> cannot be part of. I'm sorry. No, and, and you can it's never like know about these things. Um, so, sorry, yeah. Startup Edmonton has been very good to you. Yes, they've been very, very uh, kind to us and letting us use their space. Um, last year, we, we filled it out as much as possible. There were about 80 people in there. Holy and shit. It, yeah, there were 80 people in there, and it was very... Uh, so, we have some great supporters. I think one of the biggest surprises to me is how many groups in the city have donated their time and, and money on their own to help us put these events together. Fragapalooza, which has been going on for many, many years, big shout out to them, they have helped us every year with organizing how, like helping us work within the floor plan and understanding where how to cable everything and how to situate everybody in a position where there was enough space to cram 80 people in that space and not feel crowded. And Fregapalooza is kind of like a yearly uh, LAN party, I want to say. For, yeah, for people who don't have the context, uh, people bring their gaming rigs to a, a venue. They all hook up and they play multiplayer games for the weekend, basically. But yeah, for, for about four days, I think it was this year. Whoa. Uh, which is too much. It's, that's, that's too much. <laughs> that's a lot like, of gaming, I, even for you? Ga- yeah. yeah. Well, I like 24 hours, man. Like, I took the next day off for Extra Life already because I'm too old. Like, <laughs> it's insane. Um, but so now, this year, we have been really lucky that uh, Northlands has graciously donated Hall H to us. So we are going to be in Northlands uh, at the event center or at the expo center to do Extra Life this year. So we're going to try and cram 150 people at minimum into that place, and it's going to be amazing. So t- okay, tell me how this works. Now, I know that some people can do it from home, Yep. right? For this event at Northlands, do you ask people to bring their own machines, devices? Yeah, and we've done that every year. The, the idea is you, you, we have a registration form. 
um, that we email out to our team members. The, the, the only prerequisite we have to registering for the actual Extra Life event, marathon event, is that you have to be a member of the Extra Life team, Edmonton team, and you have to raise at least $25. Doesn't seem that's you know, a low barrier. It's to a entry. low barrier. Yeah. It's a very low barrier to entry because more than anything, the event itself is just to cram a bunch of people, as many people we can together, and to 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 reward a lot of our really hardworking um, volunteers and team members who raise a lot of money. There are people who are raising like two, three grand a time. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's it's really impressive, and it um, as a guy like the two of you know me very well. I'm pretty much a very cynical guy. And working what? in this charity, thank you. And working <laughs> in this charity has made me really believe in in a sense of altruism, not entirely, but it's it's very inspiring. And um, the fact that we can reward them by doing an event that is in uh, the expo hall and is actually spacious and <laughs> allows us to tell them, you know, you can bring your uh, bring a chair, bring your console, and a TV that's no bigger than 40 inches, which I think is pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 40 inches we'll, is huge. Yeah, and th there are always people who are sort of like, but I only have a 50-inch TV. And it's like, well, that's really awesome. Like, <laughs> you have, that's great for you. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> kind of kind of a weird, humble brag. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, I can't bring my TV because it's 70 <laughs> inches big. It's just really dangerous to move a 4K TV. Um, <laughs> oh, jerks. I know, right? Okay. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, that's the gist of it. You bring in um, whatever you really want, anything other than a CRT TV. We're kind of, we want to be retro-friendly, and we have ways around that, but it's just, it's too much space. They're too bulky. They, yeah, yeah, they take up way too much space. And they're heavy as all get out. Yeah, yeah, I can't well, imagine. Well, at least the luxury of being in Hall H this year is that there's no stairs to go up when uh, you're actually hauling things, so we don't have to go up and down with the freight elevator. We can just let them in. Oh, good, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and just the, the, the thing about Northlands was um, we were at K-Days. Um, the, the indoor Hall H actually was, I think it was Hall H, was uh, the tech pavilion mm -hmm. for K-Days, which Startup Edmonton was given sort of the run of, and they had this big stage with a giant screen in it, and they came to us and said, why don't you run some game tournaments? So we did that, and it sort of opened the, the relationship with Northlands, and they, they were really happy with what we did, and it just sort of went from there, and they've been... They've been really gracious to let us in that space. I'm I couldn't talk about it enough. It's it's insane. Like I can't believe we're in there. It's really insane. That's awesome. Thank you, Northlands, for for supporting an, an amazing event. Now, um, you guys are all extra lifers. Yes. Is is this? So you've done it for a few years. You did it last year. Yep. Anita, did you do it before as well? Uh, last year was my first year. And and tell us about what you did for twenty four hours. Uh, mostly, I played uh, Super Paper Mario. Oh. That's awesome. it for 24 that's hours? A, that's a good I choice. try, well, my goal last year, unintentionally, was to try and make it through, like, all the way through a game <laughs> in one sitting. Okay. Holy shit. Like, and I don't mean, like, you know, you make it through Portal in, like, six hours. But I mean, like, a long, like, RPG-style game. See if I can make it all the way through. Okay. And I got really close. Um, but I had to take a break because I had to go to yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> and pick up lunch. So if yoga is part of the extra life. She it, made up the hour. Okay. It did. I, I actually, I, I logged three hours the night before because I knew I had to leave okay. and go to yoga Fair. class. Fair. I, I, I got all of my 25 hours in. Good. Because uh, last year was that special daylight savings oh, bonus yeah, hour. Yeah. yeah so we got 25 hours of Thank gaming in. Thank you for that. Oh. That was the best. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I can't say I, 
<laughs> and you know 24 what? 24 hours of anything yeah, is difficult. 24 hours is is tough. And and by the time you hit 20 hours, you're mm. starting to feel it. But it sorry, was that sorry. last... By the time you, you hit, hit 20, you're starting to feel it? I would say by it? the time you hit about 15. Okay, but no, you're really feeling it by 20. Sure. Well, and you're averagely awake for 16 <laughs> hours a day. True. But when right? you get... To that daylight savings hour, and you oh, yeah, and your no. clocks go from and your clocks go from <laughs> two o'clock back to one o'clock. It's just painful to watch. Like you're so delirious that you almost think you're going backwards in time. I feel like it'd be kind of a slap in the face, you know. <laughs> oh, you think you're close? Uh, yeah. I fell asleep during a loading screen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's not a long loading screen. I was. I know, lots of people did that though. You I could walk around by like. I was playing. I was playing uh, the Secret World right. with uh, with Kyle Jago, uh, a friend, uh, during the the final stretch. We were we were both trying to keep each other awake by playing M- an MMORPG, and I do distinctly remember there would be long stretches of silence <laughs> over the headset just because we were so tired <laughs> that we're just kind of on autopilot doing stuff, and then someone would be like. I'm gonna go get myself some water. <laughs> Just like, oh, you're still there. Okay. Oh, thank well, God. You're still alive. <laughs> or every now and then, someone would be like, "You still awake? Yep, still here." <laughs> so, so what are the actual rules? First of all, for like playing a game for 24, playing games for 24 hours. It's actually something I really like about Extra Life is that they're they're kind of loose with the rules. Yeah, I mean, the idea is that we want you to play 24 hours. Now, understandably, there are kids doing Extra Life. Sure. And that's not reasonable for them or healthy. I don't think it's healthy for anybody, yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't think it's... There are degrees of unhealthiness, though. Absolutely. Um, And so the intention is, if you're a young kid or if you don't have the time, you can do it an hour a day for... Or, like, a few hours a day for over a week. Yeah. Um, And so you can kind of spread it out that way. That's in the rules that it's allowed. That's allowed. That makes sense. Yeah, and it's reasonable. And they've also opened it up this year uh, to non-video gamers. I mean, there's more of a focus of it on it this year, but it was always kind of open to that. That's true. But the, this year they've made it kind of explicitly clear that you could play board games for 24 hours. Yeah. You could play, sit down and play Dungeons & Dragons for 24 hours, yeah. so long as you're gaming. Because uh, our friend Brent, who's big into tabletop games, is is planning to run a 24-hour-long tabletop RPG session if oh. he can help it. It's great that you bring that okay. up, actually, because another thing that we announced, I think, yesterday morning... Is that uh, there's a convention in Edmonton called IntrigueCon. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I have heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Uh, it's a it's a tabletop RPG um, convention, essentially, that goes for on to October 24th and 25th. So it's the same weekend as Extra Life 2014. Now, Brittany LeBlanc, um, who is a friend of the show, told me about this. Um, we found out about it pretty late. Um, we found out about it at the Edmonton uh, Comic Book Expo, but we've talked to the Entry Gun guys, and we get along with them really well. And so uh, we've sort of partnered up with them to say that um, there's nothing in the rules that says you can't spend uh, your extra, like the time playing tabletop RPGs at IntryCon can, can go towards your extra lifetime. Okay. So we're encouraging people to spend go to IntryCon if they're interested in playing RPGs over the weekend for their extra lifetime, they can go to IntrigueCon uh, if they want to pay a ticket and go to the event and play with some people and count it as their time. And then, um, because there are, there's already some crossover with their uh, convention anyway, um, they're going to bring some of their IntrigueCon people to our event the Saturday night. Cool. Yeah. And so we're, we, because last year that was our biggest, I think, 
thing that we wanted to change from last year's event is that we wanted to make space for for uh, tabletop and um, <clears throat> for RPG and uh, card. Why can't I talk right now? Board games. I was going to say cardboard games. Which <laughs> tabletop gamers. Tabletop yeah. gamers. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'm too excited to be here. Um, and so we wanted to really put an effort in that, but we didn't have the space, and so we kind of felt like we kind of shoved them to a corner. Oh, and yeah. so this year, now that we have the hall, we really want to make a concerted area be like, uh, one idea is to make an area for board games and an area for RPGs, and then have like, a, but put them together so that they can sort of interrelate. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we're really happy to be working with IntriCon, and I think next year we're going to try and sort of do them both at the same time or together and bring that together if, if the relationship with Northlands continues that far. Well, that's great. Yeah. Sounds really awesome. Now, uh, that's kind of what's happening on, on the large scale. Yeah. But not everybody is part of uh, the Egg Extra Life team. And uh, there are a lot of people in Edmonton who are doing kind of their own thing or are part of their own teams, like Anita is. And I think uh, Damn it. you might want to you might want to explain kind of what Extra Life is like on the small scale. You want me maybe. to plug Team Knife Shoes? Is that what you're well, saying? No, but just <laughs> to, to talk about the... Would you believe... <laughs> To, to talk about the uh, the other end, because Ram's coming at it from a big organization. Absolutely. Line, and you're coming at it from more of a grassroots end. And I could talk about it, but that would be boring. You're here as a guest. So I think you should talk about it. <laughs> tell, us about, tell us about Team Knife Shoes. Yeah, tell us why you don't think it's cool enough to be part of my team. Oh, not at all. It's that I don't want to be in pajamas all day, which I am totally going to be, uh, in front of 150 strangers. Well, you don't have to. I know I don't have to. But, but I don't you're, want you're to. I'm not, sorry, I'm not, I don't mean to be. Sorry. You're looking for maximum comfort. Yes. While you're doing. Okay. This. So, I, so it's a, an isolation brings you. Well, that. we. D I don't do it from midnight to midnight. Some people do. Uh, what we did last year that worked really well was 4 a.m. to 4 a.m. So you still get a, most of a night's sleep, and you can finish That's with really... most of a night's sleep and function like a human being Monday morning when you have to go back to work. That's pretty That's smart. That's a really great idea. Thank I wish you. I had that option. Yeah. <laughs> That's just it. Yeah. That's what I like about the lax rules of extra life. Your 24 hours don't have to be in a row. They don't even have to be on the same day. Roughly. Just yeah. we ask you put in 24 hours and raise money for kids. So so for you, you, you bring a whole bunch of people over to your place? Well, last year we didn't. Okay. Last year Scott and I did extra life by ourselves in our house. We have multiple TVs. Scott was on the computer most of the day. I was downstairs console gaming on the TV. I and totally wrapped Way of the uh, Ninja last year. I just want to go on record saying that. I was pretty proud of myself. That's, that, that's as you should awesome. be. It's a great game. It's pretty great. Yeah. You should play that game. Anyway, go on. <laughs> anyway, and I thought, well, this was, this was good, but I didn't have anyone keeping me awake because Scott was on a completely different floor in our house. I fell asleep during a loading screen, I told right. you. Um, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to have... The, as many of Team Knife Shoes, which is our team, over to our house just to hang out. We can rearrange our living room a little bit. We'll get in a, a, an, another TV or two. Yeah. And then we'll, like, potluck some snacks. We, we have, you know, a full-service kitchen in my house. People can show up. We have crash space. I don't care if my friends see me in my pajamas. So we, uh, we coordinated with our team captain, and that's what we're going to do this see? year. We're going to invite our friends over. Bring a TV, bring a game console, bring a couple from your library. We'll set you up somewhere. We're going to game together all day. That's very cool. Even I if like we're not idea. all playing the same game, yeah. it's nice to have people around. Well, sure. And that way you also get the support of people. And it's easier to play two-player games when you have two players. Well, not just yeah. that, but you well, also that have the support of other people when you know, <clears throat> you're know you hitting that wall at the 
12th hour and then again at the 18th hour. Yeah, it's like, and you're so falling asleep important. on your controller. I'm going to get you a coffee. Sure, yeah. I Honestly, like that idea a lot. It's it's really important because, like, even for us, like, it's it's great. For us, being the hosts of the event actually kind of helps keep us awake because we have to be. But also things like tournaments help in that me and Chris will at, like, 2 p By 2 a.m., it's the time for like fighting game tournaments because that's when it keeps people awake, and we. You need an energy boost at two a.m. And for us, it's getting microphones and doing commentary. Oh, that's nice. that's hilarious! It is it is so inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, not not actually, but it's like it's two a.m. and we're all kind of delirious and just wondering why Black Adam is neither black or made of atoms. So <laughs> I don't get. I think that he is made of atoms. Actually, uh, well, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Hang on, that's my nickname. Black yes. Adam. Yeah. Or Dark Adam. No, nope. Black I, Adam. Okay. Black Adam is a DC universe villain. Well, here we, here I am, <laughs> villainizing y'all. And very not black. Yeah, I don't no, get no. The name. I don't either. He wears black. Sure, I guess. My hair is closer to black than it is to white, in some places anyway. <laughs> so don't look at my chin. <laughs> Anyway, anyway. I, one, of, one of the questions I did have was about the now things. No, I can't stop looking at your chin. Actually. It's okay. That's fine. All right. Um, is the, you know, other than this, the fighting game commentary, what else do you guys have to do with that event as hosts? Um, a lot. Uh, setting up. I mean, setup is, is the biggest, I think, the biggest challenge in terms of getting everybody in, in their seats and making sure the night before that everything, all the stations are wired and tested and um, internet works. Oh, I hadn't and, even thought about that. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, the setup the night before is is really ta- a lot of time. And the, the breakdown aft- at the end actually doesn't really take that much time. Oh, strike is always faster. Yeah. And so, always. Um, so it's it's mostly setting up and making sure that everyone has is in their seats and all the seats are filled and and everyone's happy and the internet's working and streaming we're going to try and do this year but this year uh, we're also lucky in that we have a lot more volunteer help um, in terms of just sort of volunteers who can help us uh, get the team members settled and uh, people committing to helping us getting things wired um, people had committing to helping us get streaming working for our event and for other people um, we have a, we're very lucky in that this year especially we've really uh, we had a few times where we had to make the call out for volunteers like for things like K days when we couldn't be there every day because we have real jobs and so not that the volunteers don't but yeah. They they donated their time and were really willing to help. And so we have um, a decent handful of, of people that we can really rely on to help us with that. And it's really great. That's cool. Yeah. That's really great. So um, you're, you're going to do Team Knife Shoes at your place. Yes. Are you are I you am part her? of Team Knife Shoes. Okay. Yes. Are you I'd actually shoe? I had actually um, proposed uh, Team Knife Shoes was the team last year. And we came together very late this year. And I'd actually suggest we just roll ourselves into the Egg Extra Life team. But our team captain wants to keep Team Knife Shoes. That's fine. It is a um, hilarious What did we do you to should... offend him? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> our friend Devin uh, is the team captain. And the name actually derives from an in-joke from when we were playing, I want to say, NHL 2012, where someone had threatened to kick <laughs> a goalie with his knife shoes because was... skates. Right. And it just because became Because skates are just knife shoes. Use exactly. your knife shoes. <laughs> And, and so, we all thought it was hilarious, and it became our team name. And that became the team name. So, and it's it's a small team. We had um, we had Dan Kazor, who uh, oh, is Dan. a friend of Us. ours. I don't know that he's been on the show. Has he been on the no, show? No, we've never had Dan on the show. It was a very Danny, Donnie Brasco moment. Weird. He's a friend of ours. He's a friend of yeah, That's right. <laughs> he's a, uh, he's he writes a distant for friend of the yeah. show. he writes for the National Post, and he writes video game reviews. For, that's right. For the National Post, yeah. And uh, he was on our team last year. Uh, 
I don't know what he's doing this year, but I'm sure he's doing Extra Life. He is doing Extra Life, yeah. And um, a couple of Devin's friends and a few of other of our friends, but we weren't together. We were all just spread across the city and doing stuff. So this is the first year we've actually come together to do something. Well, we're going to try to, anyway. Yeah. That's going to be really And we'll cool. see how yeah. it goes this year, and maybe next year we'll just roll well, it and one thing we, Extra Life. We were so. really trying to do, um, which we're having difficulty with, I think it's something that we thought of too late, um, but is to get... Um, at least some PSN names for people in different teams so that we can all actually game together even if we're not at the same event. Oh, that'd be well, cool. because we're, even though we're not on the same team, we are on kind of team. on the same team. I mean, team. if you yeah. think about it, Edmonton, um, I think the numbers came out recently that Edmonton is number one or number two in, in Canada and um, pretty, I think, in the top five in North America. Really? For, for funds raised. Um, Vancouver has the highest registrations in Canada, which is like, they have like 500 people. It's pretty crazy. I think more than that. Um, but I think Edmonton is the highest fundraising city uh, and, and tends to be in the top one, too. Toronto kind of beats us all the time and we hate it because they get a lot more during that actual weekend. Oh, I see. Yeah. Just Fair the population enough. densities. But uh, we have we have a young university crowd who would be interested yes. in supporting a, a charity have, like this. We have this. talked to them, actually. Yeah. There's uh, uh, obviously motivated fundraisers who are leading the charge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say BioWare is based in Edmonton, and they probably factor into that. They, they have actually come out and uh, really supported us this year full frontal. Um, wow, that's the wrong terminology. But <laughs> no, it's, it's correct. Full bear. Yeah. Full bear is what I really wanted to say. They, they've, they've really come out and officially supported us when we did um, we did a Games on IMAX event, which I'm wearing the t-shirt for, uh, or at least where we sold the t-shirts, um, where it was the TELUS World of Science's uh, 30th anniversary, and they had a brand new IMAX. I think it's the third longest in Canada or something like yeah. that. And so they let, were like, they came to us and said, why don't you guys do a little games on IMAX night? And Bioware was, we asked Bioware to do a presentation if they would be willing. And so they upscaled Dragon Age Inquisition to IMAX specific, like oh size. It was amazing. That would have been That's crazy. like playing Dragon Age life size. Like it bigger. was too much. Like I couldn't, you, huh. you, you literally like, it was funny because watching him play, like the health bar was so far away from where his the, on the top left that you had to crane your neck to look at everything. It was amazing. Do, am I dying? It was like they went and they started at 1080p good? and then went two levels higher than 1080p. That's crazy. It was fantastic. So oh, they wow. yeah they did a real like live stage demo of Dragon Age Inquisition, which was great. And then we had some people. We uh, did our top ten fundraisers. Uh, each got half an hour on the IMAX to play a game of their choice. Nice. Um, and so yeah and. Um, I forgot what the point of that story was. Bioware but, uh, really right, came Bioware out. Right, Bioware really came out and, and supported us. Man, I am off today. No, it's, <laughs> it's all good, man. Long, so it's on a podcast. So we, we only have a few minutes left, and I do want to find out from you, um, what's the goal? What's what's Extra Life Edmonton's goal for fundraising? Fundraising goal this year is 50000 Last year was 40000 we hit almost fifty. I think we were at forty five. Holy shit. Um, the year before that, our goal was twenty five, and we were near forty. So, yeah, I mean, our, we're always sort of impressed. We didn't want to go too much higher than 50 because you get diminishing returns at the higher you go anyway. And you like to set achievable goals, of course. Well, exactly, right? And, and 50 is, is a really, really solid number, and it's a lot of money. It and is a lot of money. The idea that we've already almost reached it last year, and I, I'm always taken aback by this entire thing, to be so honest. Like, I'm not – I don't – like – I don't know how this happened. So less cynical than, than you used to yeah, be. Yeah, it, it really has, has changed me in a way that it's, it's moved me. <laughs> what is that thing from Futurama? It's touched me in many different ways. 
That's disgusting. <laughs> I see they picked the wrong guy to be on this podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> no I disagree. I run a t- child's charity. Now, now we know what uh, what what Extra Life Edmonton's goal is. Uh, Scott and Anita, have you guys set goals for yourselves or your team? Uh, last year, I set myself a super achievable goal. I was like, I, I'm coming into this fairly late. I'm going for two hundred fifty dollars, and I raised three hundred and thirty. So that nice. is my goal for this year. I want to meet or exceed last year's donation goal. So I'm trying to raise. $330. I'm already at 175 at the time that we are recording this. You can donate to me on the Extra Life page. You can search for me by name. I'm there. And what about you, Anita? Any goals for fundraising uh, this year? I set my goal at $500. Ooh, and I think our bad, team goal is 5000 Oh, wow. That sounds Com- about right. Like if we add it all up. That'd be amazing. That would be excellent. Because we came really, really, really close to it last year. Though we did have Dan Kazor on our team last year. Yeah. He raised quite a bit of money. That's that's a good thing, though. But he could just that's... put it in, like, the National Post and say... Like, well, possibly. he's... Uh, you know, Dan Kazor has a little check mark next to his name on Twitter for a reason. That's right, yeah. <laughs> he is verified. That's, that's, he is. that's a thing. So um, how? where can people find you guys? First, we'll start with you, uh, Robin. We'll go uh, around the table. The easiest way is uh, our Facebook page, just Extra Life Edmonton 2014. Okay. Um, you can find uh, pretty much, I post on there, I try to post on there every day or every other day. Um, our Twitter account is Yeg Extra Life, Y-E-G Extra Life. Um, and our email, if you want to email us, is extralifeedmonton at gmail.com. Cool. What about you, Scott? Where can people donate to you? I just said you can donate to me <laughs> on the Extra Life webpage, uh, which he just said, so I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, and you can just search for me by name. I, I'm probably also searchable under Scotty Bomb on there. And if you check out my Twitter account, I send out regular links to uh, where you can donate to. Yeah, me. and we'll include the links to all this stuff on and, the studio. Uh, if you donate $25 to me, uh, you can officially sponsor an hour of my marathon and tell me what game you want me to play for that, oh, tw- see, for that hour. Kyle did that last year, and that did not turn out well for him. <laughs> uh, he, I he have, I have the stipulation. <laughs> I have the stipulation that uh, it has to be a game that I own or that you are willing to provide to me to play. But there's a risk you may play something you don't want to play. Agreed. And that's, there may be a risk that you have to play three hours of uh, that game where you're a truck driver. Someone would have to provide me with uh, a copy of Desert Bus. Desert Bus, yes. Which, by the way, is its own fundraiser. Uh, What? I don't know when in the year, but there is uh, a group um, out of the States, and they are... Is it Loading Ready Run? It might be Loading Ready Run. Uh, They do, for charity, uh, they play a marathon, a weekend-long marathon of Desert Bus. And for those of you who don't know, Desert Bus (laughs) is a game... In quotation marks, <laughs> where you are yeah. the driver of a bus that goes from Las Vegas to... I don't remember where they go. Someplace boring. Some other... It, it's a cross-country trip, It's, it's a cross-country trip. It's, it's an eight-hour bus ride, and it is real time. Oh, no. And it is... It's not something that you can just set on autopilot because the bus has its... Uh, has an alignment problem. Has an yeah, alignment problem. So you actually do have to steer the bus the entire way. Slightly <laughs> correcting slightly, and to the then right. if you reach the destination, you drop off your passengers, pick up a new load, and drive back. Here's that thing. is the video game. Here's the thing: I always say, like, I respect games like League of Legends, but I will never play them because as an adult, I just have far too much to do with my life than reading a Wikipedia page to learn how to play a video game. Like, I just refuse to do it. That's for <laughs> high school children. Sure, but 
I would rather do that than what you just told me. <laughs> and like, that's why they do it for charity. <laughs> they do the marathon yeah, for charity. Like, we'll and so give long you money as people do something you don't want to do. But they do it so long as people are donating, they continue to play. Like I wish there was a way to like just create like generate cash based on the amount of arduous pain something causes you because <laughs> playing that would just rake in dough you wouldn't even need donations it would just generate awful painful money you it you're no one let don't make scott play that game please make scott play that game <laughs> and and any is there anything spe- are you looking forward to playing something in particular anita are you doing a similar thing to what scott is doing uh no but i suppose if someone gave me enough money Okay. Yeah. You talk me Isn't into your plan to try to just wrap a Zelda game? Yeah. Uh, similar to last year, I'm going to try to make it all the way through a Zelda game because we all know I have a Zelda problem. I don't know if problem is the right word. <laughs> I, just, I agree. I don't think, yeah, I don't I, think. Pro- is that, problem in no air problem quotes. With that, unless it's Twilight Princess, then we have a problem. Uh, we'll get into that face. on another show. Yes. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for joining us, Rob. Thank you for having me. Anita, it was great to have you on the show again. Thank you. And uh, there's no Fast 15 this episode, partly because we ran out of time and partly because we've already Fast 15 to both these people. That's right. That's true. So. A rigorous I'm fast really fifteen. And, for that's another. right. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you what. Here's what we'll do in the in, on our website, theunknownstudio.ca. On the post for this episode, we'll link back to the original episode with uh, Raman and uh, I would Anita, love to listen to that. And we'll and you can check out the fast fifteen. I would there. almost hate that person. I think probably. Yeah. He's he's far more cynical than you are. <laughs> yes. Thanks for joining us, you guys. No problem. Thank, Thank you for having me. And we'll be back with another unknown studio eventually. Soon though. This castle is scary. Soon. It's hot. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 103. Our guests, Raman Ostad and Anita Bourgeois. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. We're good to go. Okay, here we go. Do you want to start? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do not. No. I'm very excited to be welcoming, to be welcoming. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Get it out. Get it out. I'm too much glee right now. Raman texted me, uh, I'm going to be five to ten minutes late. And because we're in the middle of a conversation, but I wanted to answer him, I wrote, no sweating. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's an Adam. Uh, no that's sweating. That's no, no sweating. Answer. You get here when you get here. <laughs> yeah. it was, listen, do not a, work up. Do not work up. More, up. Of, more <laughs> of a demand, really. No <laughs> sweating. Yeah. You, when you get here, You'll be late, but sweating, no sweating. You will be checked for per- per- perspiration. <laughs> no perspiration. For so me. that was it's kind of funny. We when have I went shower. To, when I went no to, sweating. <laughs> when I went to get Do not have hot shower. You will sweat in the shower. When I went to get his water, I heard you say, you smell really nice. And I thought, well, that's because no sweating. <laughs> no, I just have very, very sweet swelling sweat. <laughs> All right, we're really going to do this now. All right. Are you ready? I am not. <laughs>
Go ahead. I'm very, very excited to be to be. I did it again. <laughs> Someday you guys have to put out a blooper reel. 